Hello, welcome to the Stubborn Tortoise podcast. I'm Donna Pazdera. So this was kind of a big weekend for me um, this past weekend, and um, I'll just get right into it. Um, of course, it was my birthday weekend, which was Saturday. There goes one of my cats in the background. Great. Um, but we'll, we'll get to that part in a second. Um, I had a really big surprise. <laughs> um, Friday afternoon, I went to get my bib for the next day and you know pick up my t-shirt. Oh yeah, I can show you the t-shirt real quick. Those of you who are watching this on YouTube and who might care, um, <laughs> this makes me really self-conscious when I do this with video. I don't know why. Well, of course I know why. It's like, um, I actually recorded a version of this yesterday and I, I was, <laughs> I had just driven back from Huntsville and, and was really exhausted and, and I looked it. And so, um, but anyways, I'm just kind of vain that way. Um, anyway, see, so yeah, I've got my, picked up my t-shirt and then I, um, was going to stick around for the, um, pre-race briefing, you know, which I was almost going to leave. Cause it's kind of like, I pretty much know what, you know, what the, the deal is having done these races, you know, quite often. Um, but my friend PJ kind of looked at me and he's like, I think you should stay. And I'm like, okay. You know, I mean, it's, it's what, six o'clock on a Friday night. I mean, you know, not a whole lot, <laughs> not a whole lot else going on. So sure, I'll stay. Uh, and so I did. And I got a really big surprise because <laughs> when uh, the race director and owner of Tejas Trails, uh, Chris McWaters, began the briefing, the briefing um, he started talking about this award that they were uh, giving out and that the person who was um, receiving it um, wasn't able to attend Bandera. And then he said, she, and then I'm like, okay, I didn't get to attend Bandera because I had uh, Hundo and, and Babe's son moving in with me for the semester that weekend. Um, and so I didn't get to go and I'm like, hmm, she, what is this? And, so, and then it kind of became a blur, you know, cause I was just kind of like, I was trying to hang on to what he was talking about. And I, just, I, in fact, I wasn't even aware of this, but it's an award. Okay. And it's the Dan Keats award. And I'm going to read to you what Chris read, um, which was uh, written by, um, Joe Prusade is the original owner and founder of Tejas Trails. Um, so I'm just going to read this off of my phone. This is kind of exactly how Chris did it. Um, to understand Dan Keats completely, you might have to actually uh, have known Dan O. I don't know what that means, but anyway. He was a live wire with a cutting wit and had tested uh, people in a certain way. I knew him first as a trail running coach and later as a friend. He was uh, struggling to get his body to work for him without realizing at the time that he was dealing with ALS, which is Lou Gehrig's syndrome. Um, we did a few races together, including Bighorn and Pikes Peak. And at Bandera, uh, the manager um, of our main aid, oh, and he was the manager at our uh, main aid station at Crossroads. I remember that place. Um, he had a way of pissing me off and getting me to laugh at myself at the same time. Um, and it's not that he was, you know, a macho or hard driven so much as, as he just made us look inside ourselves. Okay. Um, and he also challenged us to do more 
to do more, to live better, and to really think about what we were doing and why. He was a rare person and bigger than life. He was real. And three years later, he'd be gone. His body dissolving around his already active mind. We all love Dano. I surely did and still do. I'm saddened by the fact that he's no longer with us in body, but he remains with me always in spirit. And this is the award to recognize somebody who we feel best follows in the spirit, someone who represents what we feel uh, is a good and needed, I'm sorry, is a good ambassador. This is what happens when you're over 42. <laughs> uh, you can't see up close very well, so you have to kind of hold things away from you. Um, so here we go. Um, anyway, so somebody who's an ambassador um, uh, of our sport and who pushes and challenges and doesn't mind the work on or the time um, and just gets in and goes with it. The spirit of Dan Keats is our highest award. And so uh, I'm kind of getting a little choked up here. That's, that's an incredible honor. And I cannot tell you how happy I am that I am recognized uh, for 2022 for this award. Um, I'm not going to pull it off of my living room wall, but I, I was given this very large uh, metal sculpture um, of a warrior. And, uh, and on the back of it are the names of the people uh, who preceded me uh, in receiving the award. So I have to give it back next year <laughs> to the next winner. Because when I first looked at it, I'm like, wow, that's big. <laughs> and then I realized, I'm like, okay, I'm going to have to give this back. Also, interestingly, my friend PJ um, got it last year. I didn't even know about this award, I guess, because I just don't pay attention always. Um, but nonetheless, that was an incredible surprise. And um, it makes me feel great about what I do. And I do believe in, in this trail running experience and do feel like I am an ambassador to the sport. I mean, I can't tell you how many people I've dragged with me, you know, to go try out these trail races and, and especially Teos trails. Um, I know there's a lot of companies out there. Um, I know this sounds like an ad. They did not pay me, <laughs> um, but they really are, I think, the best race outfit in the ones that I've experienced in Texas. And that says a lot. I mean, this is a pretty competitive, um, you know, field, I guess, uh, you know, so, and, you know, there's some races that other people put on that I really enjoy. I mean, I'm not gonna, you know, you know it's not like, you know, somebody else can't do something, uh, but I just, I, I just really, I don't know, there's something about a Tejas race that makes me feel like I'm, part of the family and uh, even if it's your first time um, and it's it's just a, a very different experience than you'll find at a lot of other races. Um, I think the other thing I really like about Tejas races is it doesn't matter how slow you are, um, they'll be there waiting for you at the finish, provided of course you don't miss the cutoff, you know, hey, that little thing. Um, but yeah, because I mean, I know there's some races that I've gone to and they're small and uh, the run out of like Austin. And it seems like the people that are attracting, this is nothing wrong. It's just that I'm not a, an especially competitive runner, you know? So um, I'm out there more for the experience, I guess. And um, in some of these races that are held out of these companies out of Austin, it just feels like 
they only really care about the fast people. And, you know, I can even remember one time being at a race um, at a 50K. Um, I was trying to atone for a DNF. <laughs> and uh, I was one of 10, uh, what do you call it, 50Kers. And I didn't realize it was that small of a race. And um, I got lost <laughs> mainly because they put up green hang uh, ribbons in the trees. And if you're out there in the dark, it's and they were not reflective, so it was really hard to see anything. So I got lost, and of course that was adding time on. And nine, you know, so long story short, I end up they ended up closing the course on me. Well, they went home, and but before that, I remember a guy at one of the aid stations, and he's like, "Well, you are running, aren't you?" You know, and I was like, "Wow, that's insulting." <laughs> it's like I'm trying, you know, it's. But see, sometimes you get to these some these smaller races, and I feel like people, um, you know, they they only really want to honor the fast people, and you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I do feel like you know, hey, there's room for everybody in here. So um, you know, and again, and I feel like that's the thing that I like the most about these races, and this is why I like trail racing, and especially with these guys, you know, is because you know, there's the slow pokey people out there like me, and then you got you know really fast people who but the funny part is, is a lot of the fast people I've met, and this isn't, doesn't necessarily always hold true, you know, for all race companies, but at least the ones I've met at Tejas, um, they're really humble and they're really generous and uh, giving and kind. Um, I can tell you that on Saturday, just to kind of fast forward for a second, um, Matt Smith, who won the um, 50 miler uh, at Rocky Raccoon, he, um, after he won his race, he went back and worked uh, the damnation aid station with his girlfriend, Elizabeth. And, um, you know, and he was, you know, pouring water for me, you know, asking me how I was, if I needed anything and, you know, high five me as I was on my way back, you know, out <laughs> to the finish. <laughs> um, and I just thought it was really cool. I mean, that's just the kind of guy he is. And I, I think that's how a lot of trail runners behave. I mean, they're, they're very supportive um, and they will look out for you if you know you look like you're in trouble I mean I mean not every single one of them is but a lot of them are and I think that's why I really like this sport um anyway so again many many thanks to the folks at Tejas uh, for for their consideration and for uh, sending this my way it's really exciting and I am happy to continue doing the the work that I do um and I know it's kind of different you know because like you know I've got this career you know um and i feel like sometimes people don't really understand that this is also a vocation you know and so it's something i i mean yeah it's a hobby but it's also a vocation and i think um it teaches us a lot about ourselves and uh, so i'm going to get right into the story of saturday um teaching us about ourselves i learned a lot about myself on saturday and you think you'd know it all at this point no i don't um i um yeah so for my 61st birthday ugh, really having I I'm trying to own up to the age thing without being coy anymore I'm just kind of like oh god just rip the band-aid off and just tell people how old you are um if you're kind you'll say no there's no way you look that old and the others are like oh <laughs> so, <laughs> it's kind of funny but anyway um yeah, so I decided to run a 50K for my birthday. What a stupid idea. Well, nah, I haven't done a 50K in about three years and um, did not train very well for this one at all. I mean, I was 
kind of relying on, uh, you know, getting through that Brazos Bend uh, marathon, which was an ultra 28 and a half um, in December. And then at the end of December, I did the snowdrop um, run where I pretty much covered about 25, 26 miles over the course of six hours. So, you know, I felt like, well, and then January came and of course January was really cold and I don't like running when it's cold. Um, I mean, unless it's a race or something, it's just really hard to motivate me to go, you know, out of my warm bed and, you know, someplace to go run long. And you know, it's like, so I really wasn't very well prepared, uh, you know, but I knew mentally I kind of still had it. Um, but anyway, so, um, so I got myself to the uh, venue uh, that morning, uh, Saturday, and I ran into a guy named Bob who was from Houston. And um, he offered to let me put my drop bag uh, under their canopy um, with his other friends from Houston, uh, including this one guy, I don't know his name, but he was really nice. And he um, did the 100K at Rocky the week before. And um, yeah, he was very supportive uh, and Bob was really cool. It was his first ultra. And um, so I am uh, the one thing I like about these rolling starts or these kind of soft starts where you're not like chomping at the bit at the uh, finish or the start finish is that <laughs> you can just sort of wander out there onto the course and it's fine. You know, it's like as long as your chip registers, you're great. Um, I'm not really one for these, you know, gaggle of people, you know, that adrenaline rush because I usually end up getting really nervous and stepping off the trail most of the time <laughs> to let everybody pass me. Um, but anyway, so I set out uh, for my first loop. Uh, it does consist of two loops. The first one is about 14 and change. Um, and then the second one's about 16 and um, 16 and change. So yeah, so I think it ends up, you know, it does, believe me, it adds up to 31 miles, um, which is a 50K for those of you not able to work that out in your mind. Um, fairly, un you know, unspectacular first loop. Um, although, you know, I felt pretty good. Uh, you know, I was able to run some of it. The, the course there, uh, as I've mentioned before, is is a little flatter than some of them, but it doesn't mean that it's easy because um, it's not because you've got all these roots and there's some rocks, but it's not like that crazy rocky stuff like you get at Camp Eagle and um, at Bandera. Um, but I mean, there's still stuff, you know. So. <laughs> um, but anyway, I... Um, you know, went through and, you know, then I, I was listening to podcasts. Um, I was listening to um, Mark Marin's WTF podcast um, where he had interviewed uh, the late film director, uh, Peter Bogdanovich. And it was a really interesting interview. And I was really kind of getting into, you know, listening to what this guy was talking about. And he was talking about doing movies or, you know, writing movies, writing books, watching movies, he uh, started out as like a film critic and uh which is funny because that's actually how i started out in journalism i was a music and um film writer <laughs> so i was like wow this is fun you know and then the more as the miles kind of kept piling on i got to mile 10 and i'm like you know i don't know i'm not really feeling this today and i don't know i think i might just go watch some movies and maybe do some writing <laughs> and then I'm like, that's really stupid. But then I was just like, hmm. then I started convincing myself that I could, you know, just have a DNF, take that DNF, even though it's your birthday and it's, you know, you've never DNF'd a 50K and all this stuff. And so I pretty much had my mind made up 
for the next four miles, you know, and I was just going to drop, you know, and that was that. And my legs were starting to bother me. They were hurting, you know, because you got to really pick them up or trip over roots. And um, so I got, uh, I got to the start finish and, you know, looked at the aid station people and, uh, you know, I said, I think I'm going to drop. And then I saw Becky Spalding, the uh, our medic, if you will, uh, nurse for um, you know, our two volunteers uh, for the race. And it's also a, a buddy of mine. And um, I said, Becky, I think I'm going to drop. And she's like, why? I'm like, my legs hurt. And she just looked at me and she's like, that's not a good reason. You've, you know, it's your birthday. You can't, you know, you got to finish what you started. And in my mind, I was like, yeah, I probably just need someone to kick me in the ass and just make me go back out there. So, um, which is what I did. Um, I did get like about a half uh, grilled cheese sandwich, uh, which was really good. Thank you, aid station, uh, start finish aid station. That was really good. And I normally don't like grilled cheese, but um, anyway, sorry, there's something coming down my street. It sounded like tin cans rattling and I didn't know what that was, but I don't know, you probably couldn't hear it. Anyway, um, so, and it was starting to get cooler. Oh yeah, it was like raining off and on uh, during the first loop and um, that was kind of hard. And, um, you know, but I, I had done my, you know, my little layering trick. And uh, in fact, I took off my long sleeve <laughs> before the first mile because it was kind of warm at the beginning. Um, it was like in the fifties. And, you know, once you get moving, you know, you don't really want to be sweating. Um, but I could tell that it was starting to cool off, you know, cause it was like a front had come through. And uh, so I, uh, smart person that I am, because I always bring everything to a trail race because you never know what you're going to need. Um, I uh, got myself in gear and um, changed out of my wet clothing um, in my, on my upper body and, um, you know, just kind of got my mind right a little bit. And, um, and I, I was, I could tell that the temperatures were dropping, you know, when I stepped out of the restroom and I was like, oh. And thank God I had brought a, um, like a beanie, you know, like a polyester beanie or whatever with you. That seems to be my lucky beanie. I love that thing. It's gotten me through a lot of races. Um, and it looks cute. <laughs> so what can I say? Um, but anyway, I got that. And then I, I got my raincoat because I have this uh, anorak that you can, you know, it's one of those packable things. So I just, you know, folded it up and stuffed it in my uh, hydration pack just in case it got a lot colder um because i knew it was gonna it took me about four hours to get through the first loop which was pretty much and this was the other thing that persuaded me because i was like okay dummy you didn't like you know it didn't take you like a thousand years to get in you know you're kind of on target so and i figured the second loop was going to take me a little longer and i, I kind of figured i would come in around nine um but I, I i killed a good 30 minutes um just between the loops just trying to get myself you know, dressed and, you know, taking off wet clothing and putting on dry on a damp body is not as easy as it seems. And some of you may understand. Um, but anyway, I uh, got myself pulled together. So, you know, 30 minutes later is like about noon at this point. And so I thought, well, all right, I'm going to be coming in around five. So, and at least it'd still be daylight. <laughs> I did bring my headlamp in case, um, cause I've learned, um, but mercifully I did not need it. Um, so anyway, I set out and the second loop is, you know, as I mentioned, is longer and oh my God, it felt like it was taking forever to get to that first aid station. I'm not even sure what the 
breakdown was, but on the first loop, it's like three and a half, but you're, you're running a little shorter course. Um, it was probably like six miles or something. I don't know. God, it took forever. But along the way, I met this um, woman in a uh, kind of like this real cute running skirt and these yellow, like neon yellow um, uh, calf sleeves and um, <laughs> a short sleeve t-shirt and a hydration pack, you know, and I'm like, wow. And she was hiking it and I was starting to hike, you know, I was trying to run and hike and it was, uh, but she was doing the 50 miler and had tripped and fallen like four times during the first loop, um, just cause it was in the dark. And, um, and she said her knees were hurting and she was really, you know, suffering. And, um, and so we just started talking and, uh, and she's like, I'm so glad to have talked to somebody because first two loops are so hard. Cause I had nobody, you know, and I'm like, I know I said, I didn't meet anyone either on the first loop. Of course, I also was <laughs> listening to podcasts and music. So there you go. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, one of the other things though, about these staggered uh, starts is that sometimes it can be kind of lonely. So, you know, you're not, that's the only downside I think to it is that you're, you're not, you know, making summer camp friends and stuff like that, you know, along the way. And so you have to kind of make your adventure. Um, but anyway, so we ended up hanging together and she was like, if you want to go run, go ahead. I'm like, you know, I was starting to feel like the tin man. So it was like, eh, all right, I can handle this. And uh, so um, anyway, I, so we just hiked together and um, she was telling me that she's from, um, I think Irving, Texas, Irving, is that right? Up by, for, no, Fort Worth, sorry. Uh, and then uh, she had her husband and four kids and her parents were with her. She was 38 uh, and her name is Tiffany. Sorry if I didn't mention that already. Um, super cool person. Uh, we just really enjoyed, you know, chatting with each other and, um, she had a pretty good walking pace. I mean, I, I can, I can hike pretty well, but I, she was a little fast for me. And I think at one point I was talking too much, wasn't looking where I was going and I tripped on a root rock. I don't know, who knows? All I know is I'm sliding through the sand, like Pete Rose going into home, you know, home base and, um, or home plate. And, um, and I, jammed my fingers so those of you who can of course it's my middle finger <laughs> anyway uh yeah it, it's it doesn't look as bad as i as i thought it could you know but i i just didn't realize that i had done that because throughout the race my knuckles started turning like gray or black you know on, on the yeah like on this part um the not the knuckle but the joint so i, I just thought it was because dehydration because my hands were swelling up anyway um and then I banged up my knee and I'm not going to show you my knee, but it's, at least it wasn't bleeding. And, you know, I think the tights kind of protected me from that. Um, and I just had the wind knocked out of me and I'm like, oh my God, I just can't do this. And I'm like, Tiffany, I'm sorry. I think I'm going to have to drop at the next aid station. And she, I know she was disappointed, but, you know, she was all right. I mean, listen, you know, you got to do your own race. But <laughs> as it turned out, the aid station was much further away than I thought. And, um, then my knee started feeling better. And then I started feeling better. And I'm like, I'll heck with it. I'm just going to go, you know, I'll stay with you, you know? And, and so we did. And, um, and then we continued on. And then the, the distance between the aid, first aid station and the second one, which is called damnation. Um, I think it's about five and a half miles or something like that. And really boring and desolate. And, you know, we talked quite a bit and um, she was getting really super cold. And because um, again, she didn't really, she wasn't 
really dressed for the weather you know it was great in the morning but you know as as the and the winds were picking up and it was kind of spitting rain off and on and i was sorry that was my work email how nice um anyway um so we we you know continued on but then i'm like hey do you want to use my my raincoat and she's like oh no i you know and she thought i was wearing my raincoat i'm like no 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 i said i've got one in my backpack and her hands were so frozen. and I had to help her get it on and we had to take off her um, hydration pack and um, re-fasten it and everything. And anyway, long story short, after a while, she had to start running again because she just was so cold. And I'm like, so we got to the aid station and I'm like, look, go ahead. Don't worry about me because I was not feeling especially fast. And I knew it was going to take me like two hours to to probably get to the finish line from there, which is like six miles. I mean, because I was probably moving about three miles an hour. And and again, that was kind of what I was expecting. And so she was not, <laughs> she was not having that, especially having been out there all day. Um, so I think she just wanted to get done. And I'm like, you know, that's fine. Just leave the the windbreaker, you know, at the uh, finish line and I'll, I'll get it. You know, it's not a big deal. And so she did. And she's like, well, maybe you'll catch me. And I'm like, yeah. And um, yeah, so at that aid station, I did. Uh, Elizabeth uh, hooked me up with some um, mashed potatoes and uh, ramen broth and some noodles. And uh, I love that stuff. It's I mean, I wouldn't need it on a normal basis, but uh, for for this situation, it was great. So anyway, long story short, I uh, yeah, I soldiered on. I, I really considered dropping and then I thought, well, don't drop it you know, six miles from the finish, you idiot, you know, that's stupid. And, and so I did, I, I, I ran some, I hiked some, I shuffled. Um, I even tried music again. I, I kind of felt like the Tasmanian devil in that one cartoon where uh, Daffy Duck has to entertain the Tasmanian devil uh, to keep him from going crazy uh, as they trek back from Tasmania. And uh, he's always having to sing to him or play music and stuff. <laughs> that's what I kind of, that's what I kind of felt like. And that was my cat, my other one. Yay. Um, anyway, long story short, yes, I did finish and I did teach myself something about myself that I am tougher than I give myself credit for. And um, it felt good to finish. I mean, I was hurting. I'm still hurting. Um, and of course I didn't train properly. So I told myself, it's like, I am not going to do this to myself again. You know, it's like, I've got to, if I do one of these again, and there probably will be another time um, because I know I can't say no, um, I'm going to probably train. <laughs> That's the uh, lesson I learned. So um, anyway, Tiffany, thanks so much for your support. And I was happy to help you. Uh, it was a really good uh, weekend. And um also, I think I'm um, not going to do uh, mesquite fire just because I don't really feel like doing another race in two weeks. So I think my legs are going to need a little rest. So anyway, that is all I've got for now. I will see you next time.